Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. Rick Snyder is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 86. He joins us now. Rick, it's been a violent start to 2023. Last year was a violent January as well, but it doesn't feel like the local leadership of this city feels like this is a big deal because i heard our mayor joe hogsett tell a local tv station listen last year was violent too may have been more violent and we didn't set a record last year is that something that's supposed to make me feel good no i think it highlights the cognitive dissonance that uh, people experience uh you know in terms of what the residents and visitors of indianapolis hear from local leaders versus what they see and feel in downtown Indianapolis, Broad Ripple, the malls, the streets, and even in their neighborhoods. Listen, guys, over the weekend, from Friday through Sunday, we had at least 14 people shot, three people stabbed, with four people killed, and there's a fifth that we believe may possibly be it's being investigated as a homicide of a, uh, of a death investigation where somebody was found with trauma. If those numbers... Uh, are broken down, you're averaging about four people shot or stabbed every four hours just over this past weekend in our city. And one person killed every 14 hours. And uh, and I think the question that everybody had is where uh, uh, Channel 13 WTHR report said that residents were turning to their local leaders for answers and solutions. And what they heard is, hey, folks, the numbers are moving in the right direction. There's nothing to see here. I, I think it raises these questions about how are we going to get these numbers, these homicide numbers, back down below 200 uh, when we've had three years in a row of that? And, then, and the, the trends that we're running already this year put us well over that 200 mark again. There's no sign of this relieving, and we've got to get serious about how are we going to interrupt the violence and put the bad people in jail to keep them from harming other people in the neighborhoods. Hey, Rick, one of the things uh, Mayor Hogsett mentioned was the funding, the technology, and uh, the the investments that have been made and how those are, are, are progressing. And I'm wondering if you could just comment on, on how helpful that uh, aspect has been when fighting crime, but looking down the road, I mean, some of that funding is going to end. What do you, what do you think when the, when the administration makes comments like that? Well, we do see millions upon millions of dollars being uh, shuffled around uh, to different organizations, but also within the city government uh, to uh, so-called violence interrupters. Again, guys, I've made this point before. Our law enforcement officers don't even know the names of these so-called violence interrupters. How are we supposed to be working together and making an improvement? The public doesn't know city employees that are making at least on average $55,000 a year and are supposed to be involved in this formula. Uh, I think it raises a lot of questions about where taxpayer money is going. I think it's, uh, you know, I think most people get that it's being launched uh, in an election year of municipal elections. Um, but the outcomes are what we're always focused on. Remember, guys, these are the same uh, locally elected leaders who rejected a combined collective call 
for a commission on criminal justice outcomes. Every time we go back to the outcomes, they want to move in the other direction. Rick Snyder, the FOP president, joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Rick, what do you hear from your officers? Because yesterday on our show, we were talking about some of the same issues, the homicide numbers, and the fact that the justice system in Marion County is pretty screwed up. And we had someone who wished to remain anonymous send us a message and say, look, that new jail that they just built, fewer beds, fewer cells. Uh, Deadbeat dads are getting locked up longer than violent felons are. They're getting back out on the street. Are these some of the same stories that your officers are telling you? Well, listen, it's the same story we've been talking about for over three years now. Officers are sick and tired of doing their job, yet seeing the rest of folks in the system not doing theirs. This revolving door of criminal justice is literally killing our city. Our officers are seeing today they're the suspect, tomorrow they're the victim. They also see things like the recent officer shot in Lawrence, Indiana. And what did we find out about that? Is that the officers were having to go back out and risk their lives again because the suspect in that shooting had been previously released before he even got an initial hearing for a prior crime with a gun where he's alleged to have fired 15 shots into a neighbor's home. You can't make that stuff up. And the question that I think most people have that's a very legitimate question is how does that keep happening time and time again? And this time we had an officer shot. Thank God he survived that. But we could we had multiple more officers that were fired upon, had to engage that suspect in an entire neighborhood that was terrorized uh, by the criminal activity. And, and here's the thing. That officer was saved because he had a trauma kit, a trauma kit that was able to be applied to him with a tourniquet to help save his life. And so while our officers continuing to do their jobs, continuing to risk their lives, again, I'm going to drive you back to the outcomes. Where is our criminal justice system? Where are the courts? Where are the prosecutor showing us their outcomes and the changes they've made to improve the situation? We haven't seen it yet. Would it help if there were more officers on the streets? How are um, how is IMPD doing in terms of recruitment? And, and would that make a difference, do you think? Well, well, I think the first thing you see across the nation, including in our city, is that as any community is ravaged by crime and violence, the first step is to make sure that there's a high visibility presence of law enforcement officers. Yes. You have to be able to do that in a city. That reinstills confidence, but it also... It also sends a clear message to the people that are wreaking havoc on the city. But what is happening in Indianapolis, the crossroads of America, the capital city of our state, the criminals, the violent offenders, they follow the path of least resistance. And there is a reason why they're coming in and through Indianapolis. Guys, we just had a pursuit the other night out of Boone County that crossed through our capital city, finally ended over in Greenfield, the central Indiana region being overcome by it. And what was it? A fugitive out of Ohio who's alleged in a homicide and also uh, wanted on uh, uh, reported terroristic threats out of Georgia. Why are these folks coming through Indiana and to Indianapolis should be the question that everyone has. And we're in a situation right now where we're 250 officers down for IMPD. We've got plans with the executive staff and the chief's office. of What do we do when we're down 350 officers? We know we are losing 25 officers this month. Guys, I can tell you there's 11 more officers in the process for lateral transfers to other agencies because the morale at IMPD is in the gutter and it's been driven by this revolving door and the lack of care 
that's being demonstrated by our local leaders. Remember, guys, Indiana State Police, they're not playing games. They're getting after this issue, and they're competing for the limited resource, the limited availability of possible police recruits for hiring purposes. They just put out a recruitment message this morning that says, through one badge, a trooper has endless opportunities. Our all-crimes policing team allows troopers to be proactive against crime. Think about that. That's the message that's being utilized to recruit officers. We're actually supportive of encouraging our officers to enforce all crimes and make arrests. And they're going to be overwhelmed by officers applying for them because they're sick and tired of working for politicians who have allowed politics to invade policing where it does not belong. Fraternal Order of Police President Rick Snyder joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Rick, whether it's here or various places around the country, are you seeing a trend of witnesses not wanting to cooperate with the police for fear that this revolving door of the justice system is going to let those same people that they're turning in to get right back out there on the streets and ultimately do harm to them? Well, there's no doubt. Just take the Lawrence example. If you're a neighbor that calls the police because somebody has fired 15 rounds, 15 bullets into your home, and you watch that offender come right back out into the neighborhood before they even appear before a judge. Remember, guys, that guy's public criminal uh, uh, history shows that he was released before he ever appeared for his initial hearing and then was placed on GPS monitoring, put right back into your neighborhood. Are you going to call the police? Are you going to feel comfortable and safe enough to cooperate with the police? That is what the bad folks know. That is what the good folks know. And that's what your police know. And again, we're tying the hands of officers and then saying, now you guys go out there and risk your lives and place yourself in the middle of harm's way. What else do we see? We see number of vehicle pursuits surging and skyrocketing through the roof. Why? Because the bad guys know all I have to do is run away from the police, get away from them. And I have nothing to worry about. We have uh, shifted the, uh, the calculations that are being done by the criminal element. Again, they see the path of least resistance in our capital city, and it's our residents and our visitors that are bearing the consequences of this, and it's now spreading to all these surrounding communities, Avon, Carmel, Noblesville, Greenfield, Greenwood. Just keep naming them off, guys, and folks in those communities know they're seeing crime and violence, the likes of which they've never seen, and it's because it's spilling out from their capital city, and no one seems to give a damn at the local level to help stop the surge of violence that's going on. Rick, last thing here before we let you go. The prosecutor's office, their argument is always people like us that want law and order. Our solution to everything is to lock every single person up for the rest of their lives. We heard Ryan Meir say that during his uh, re-election run in his uh, campaign. What's your response when you hear things like that? It's a stale talking point that doesn't uphold uh, the facts. And here's the facts. You have consistently heard us talk about repeat violent offenders, not first time low level offenders, but repeat violent offenders. And I say this, this is simple. Then then start somewhere. How about you tell us how many crimes involving guns you filed? How many of those charges did you dismiss? And how many of those did you sustain a successful conviction? We've called for that for two years now, and those numbers have never been released. Why is that, guys? Let me further point out that if what that talking point is trying to allege is correct, they would immediately put numbers like that out to show that, that we're being false in what we're saying, yet they won't do it. Why? Have you had anybody come forward and show you 
clearly and concisely where we're wrong and what we're saying. They have not. And I would suggest to you that's why Indianapolis law enforcement across this county, not just IMPD, but all law enforcement, voted no confidence in the local criminal justice system, no confidence in this local prosecutor. And now we're standing looking at our local leaders saying, what say you? And in the meantime, people are being slaughtered. Officers are being shot, critically injured, and their lives are being threatened. Yet who continues showing up and coming to work every day? Our officers suit up and show up. We just need the residents we serve to wake up and stand up and join us in pushing back on our local officials and our politicians in charge. Rick Snyder, president, the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86. Rick, as always, we appreciate your time, your passion, and tell all the officers, Hammer and Nigel Show, and our listeners, we support what they do. Thank you, guys, and thanks to everybody who has helped make those trauma kits possible for our officers. It could have been your kit that saved this officer's life, so thank you to everyone. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.